It's time once again for the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast, where we take a look at the people, places, and events that make Franklin County, Indiana such an amazing place. Let's get right into this week's interview. Hey friends, I'm here with Tag Nobby, Brookville Lake Guide Service. Tag, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day-to-day to visit. No problem. It's a great day to be here. It is a great day to be here. We're recording this on Sunday, uh, February the 19th, I believe, and it is sunny and about 45 degrees outside, just a beautiful early spring day. So you have the Brookville Lake Guide Service, and you're a fishing guide. Correct. Yeah, I've been doing it since 1997. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, well, I'm an old guy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been a fisherman pretty much all your life? Yeah, I mean, I started out probably fishing. I can remember actually catching the first fish out of Brookville Lake when I was 14 years old. I, I had a 20-inch bicycle with a banana seat, high handlebars, and a sissy bar. And me and my buddy, we went to school together. We rode our bikes up on top of the dam, which at the time, I mean, I live on the south end of Brookville. So it was like traveling, you know, 10 miles on a bicycle right. to us to get there. And I think the first fish that we caught out of the lake was a northern pike. Oh my gosh. Back in the day, they used to stock northern pike in there when they first built the lake, and they were really easy to catch. Right, right. So we made a, kind of made a career out of that. We would ride up there and catch them, and then we, we like I said, we had our bicycles, so we had a stringer, we put them on a stringer, we would, the fish would hang from the handlebars all the way down to the ground, and we would come through town. We'd stop at the paper office, which was Whitewater Publication. Right. Get our pictures taken. And I love, I love that story. And so you took something you were passionate about and have kind of built a little bit of a career out of it with your uh, fishing guide service. So tell us in a nutshell, what is the Brookville Lake Guide Service? Um, well, it's just, a, I mean, it's just a guide service. I mean, when I started it, I, well, I own 52 Pickup Convenience Store with my right. brothers. We sell live bait, we sell tackle and that sort of thing. So when I started, I mean, I had like a 30-day calendar that I hung on the wall down at the store. And I just started doing it because I wanted to give people that was coming in the store some insight on where to go, what to do, how to catch fish, where at, how deep, and that sort of thing. And so that's kind of how it got started. And after about a couple of months of doing that, people were coming in. And then they would go do what I said, you know, or what I suggested. And then some people come in, shook my hand. They just all they thanked me because they caught fish. Right. And then other people, they they still didn't catch any fish. So then they asked me, "Well, can you take me fishing?" I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and uh, so I remember having a conversation with my wife one day, and she said, "Well, try. You know, you can just if you don't like it, you can almost quit. And if right. you like it, just continue to do it." So then, anyway, I started out doing it. At the time, I had just a little bitty 15-foot Monarch bass. I had a 1969 pickup truck that I. <laughs> that I used to pull it back and forth with. I made a dually out of this truck. It was kind of a neat little thing. Right. And I remember, and I would meet people at the store, and I had this doctor from Cincinnati fishing. And uh, we met him at the store. We were up there fishing. We're coming back, and it's super hot. And, uh, of course, we got the windows down, and the truck's rattling. And, and I remember the, this doctor looked over at me, and he goes, you know, this, this truck's a piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, yeah? I said, you know, this thing's like a Cadillac in Indiana. Does your wife know you drive this thing? I said, well, it's parked in the driveway every day. <laughs> so that, but anyway, I've kind of, you know, after that, now I've had four or five different uh, Lund boats, which I, you know, I've kind of settled in on Lund boat because it's a pretty good fishable boat. It's well-made, uh, well, uh, has good material in it. They last long and uh, right. it's just a good fishable boat. So. And awesome. And you, uh, I think from our previous discussion, guide mostly for walleye and crappie. Yes, yes. I mean, I used to I used to guide fish for striped bass too, but the striped bass population in the lake, 
uh, has kind of dwindled over the years due to the hotter weather that we've been having. Right. I mean, it used to be when I was when I was younger, the saying was always April showers bring May flowers. Well, that's really not true anymore. I mean, because it used to be I would start in the beginning of April. Now I kind of start middle to the end of April because what happens anymore, it seems like, is it'll kind of get a little bit of a, a warming trend first of April, and then it'll turn, turn again, and then it'll be cold. All right till usually the beginning of May. But that, even the lake itself, I mean, when I was younger, the lake would stay in the 70-degree range, the water temperatures, right. like on the surface, all summer long until about August, and then it would finally get up to about 80. But it'd only be 80 for a couple of weeks, then it'd fall back off right. again. Well, now the lake gets to be 80 degrees at the beginning of June. And it'll even get up into 90 sometimes. Mm. So a lot of fish uh, can kind of deal with that. Uh, but striped bass isn't one of them, especially right. when they get bigger. I mean, when they get above like 8, 10, 12 pounds, they get a little bit more. They die a lot easier. Right. So, right. so they have trouble with them trying to get them any bigger than that. And until I think things change a little bit in that in our weather system or weather right. patterns, I mean, I'm not really sure exactly how that all works but i do know with living in the outdoors for the last 30 40 years uh, things have changed it's almost like a shift it is yeah know? so i'm hoping at some point and it maybe it takes longer than 10 years or 15 years it'll shift back but but i don't really know that. right right so brookville so you have good success fishing for walleye mm-hmm. uh, one of the most tasty fish there is yes yes um and what we do a lot of times, like on one of my fishing trips, people will say, well, i got a target fish. I want to try to catch walleye, but I also want to catch crappie, too. Can we do both? Uh, some people book one trip, one day, we'll fish all day for walleye, and then right. the next day we'll fish all day for crappie, or we'll just kind of mix it up. And myself, I just I kind of like to mix it up just because any every day is different. I mean, you can wake up and the wind's blowing hard out of the north. The next day it could be flat calm. Right. You know, the next day it could be raining. You know, the weather plays a big part in fishing. So uh, you kind of, if we start out in the morning sometimes and it's flat calm, well, I may not bite that well at first. Right. Uh, sometimes it's better when the wind blows a little bit. So the crappie fishing is a little bit harder when the wind's blowing. So sometimes we'll crappie fish and we'll I fish after that. But sometimes it depends on the weather too as far as what time of the year it is. I mean, when we fish in April and May, fish tend to be more concentrated due to everything in the le- everything else in the lake is spawning. Right. So, like the walleye, they're they're one of the first fish to spawn, which they spawn when the water temperature gets around forty six or forty seven degrees. So that's getting ready to happen, and um, so then everything else, like the smallmouth, largemouth, uh, the shad, which is a bait fish in lake, bluegill, crappie, that sort of thing, the water's got to be like in the 60s, 62, 63 range, somewhere in there. And what happens is one, that time of the year, there's no young of the fish in the lake yet, so there's really nothing to eat. Right. So when all these other fish are spawning, fish that have already spawned will kind of move in and try to feed on their eggs, and even them if they're, if they're, right. if they're small enough. So it sort of concentrates the fish in certain areas so they're a little bit more dependable to catch. Right. right. Uh, and you can catch them really any way. You can catch them casting, you can catch them jigging, you can catch them trolling, right. however you want to fish. I mean, but myself, on my boat, I always tend to have, I don't really troll much because I want the person to have the fishing pole in their hand. Right. You know, I want to kind of help them along if they need some help or just or just be quiet if they don't need any help, you know, and just kind of have a general conversation with them. But I want them to be able to, you know, cast the pole, you know, feel the bite, 
you know, set the hook and then really just me just that they fish for them. You know what I mean? That way it's enjoyable because that's what they're paying for. They want right. to catch a fish. So uh, folks can book, I'm assuming, half day, full day trips both? Do you only do full days or? Well, I, I, like a full day for me would be from what's, I start at 7.30 in the morning, we fish till 1. Okay. And so sometimes like I'll, I'll, I'll book trips in the morning and afternoon, but a lot of times I'm going seven days a week. So. Right. And generally, I'll book about every day, and so I got to sleep sometimes. Yes. <laughs> plus, you have a business and on top I of right, 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 right. So generally, I have to work every night in my store. So I mean, a lot of times in the summertime during fishing season, I'm working probably minimum of twelve hours a day, sometimes thirteen. A lot of people, you know, they ask me, you know, does it ever get old? You know, and I was like, no, nah, it doesn't really get old, but I do get tired, cause right? Because I, I am getting old. <laughs> <laughs> So you talked about um, uh, walleye and crappie. Let's just pivot for just a minute. And I grew up fishing. I love fishing. Um, there's lots of other fishing here in Franklin County. Um, trout fishing, of course, on the river is pretty pretty popular. I see mm-hmm. people fly fishing a lot. Right. Um, one thing I haven't explored down here, I grew up, we were talking earlier before we started recording about my Uncle Bob, who was a huge influence in my life. He was a cat fisherman. So we would go out late at night, Fork stick, sit on the, you know, right. and uh, what's the catfishing like down here? Do you know? Oh, it's a great catfishing. Is it? Yes. I mean, and actually the lake and the rivers both. I mean, the, the river below the lake and you got the river above the lake. Right. And then you got the lake itself. In the lake, I mean, the lake itself has a flathead, blue cat, and channel cat. Uh, mostly channel cat. I mean, they're the ones that feed probably the most, but there are certain areas in the lake um, that hold blue cats and are certain areas in the lake that hold flatheads but right. a lot of times when we're walleye fishing sometimes we're just used like a jigging and eye crawl and what that really emulates is just a small crawl head so right. everything in the lake eats so we may go out fishing and we may catch two or three catfish and maybe eight or ten uh, walleye and then we'll catch bluegill and then we'll catch white bass and then we'll catch crappie and I mean so really you the way we fish you can catch just about Awesome. I want to talk a little bit about something that uh, I, has really touched me about what you did. You talked about working with uh, some veterans groups uh, to take some folks out um, as part of, you know, fishing is like therapy, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. Just get out of yourself for a little bit, get the wind on your face. and So talk a little bit about, about what you do with that and those experiences. Well, I mean, I think a lot of times it'll, when I do take veterans fishing, I'm just a guy they met that morning right Right. and so a lot of times and i think i'm a pretty easy guy to carry on conversation with i mean i don't know if it because i if i listen good or just because i i I ask the right questions right i really don't know but sometimes when people have something weighing on their heart a lot of times i'm just the guy they're taking that's taking them fishing for one day they're not going to see me again so i mean a lot of times they'll tell me things i think that they wouldn't tell anybody else right uh, and we're out there trying to have a conversation, trying to catch fish at the same time. Some of the people that I've taken fishing, uh, look at some Vietnam veterans, you know, that sort of thing. And they are probably 10 years older than me, because I'm 62. Right. So I was like the last, I had to I had to sign up for the draft, but I didn't get drafted. So I wasn't in any war. And I really do respect the people that, that went there. I mean, and some of the guys I've taken, I mean, it's a lifetime. I mean, they may still 
but they have scars that are hidden scars. So I think some of them I talk to, they, they, they go to therapists or, and they tell them, you know, just keep talking about it, you know what I mean? Eventually you'll, not that you'll get comfortable with it, but I think for whatever reason they tell them just to keep talking. Right. So I'll take people fishing out there like that and we'll have a carry on conversation about fishing and, 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 and their experiences over there. And uh, I think for me, it's um, helps me understand kind of what they went through with, with not being able to, with not going myself. Right. So not that it's, I understand it because I didn't live it, but I mean, I'm, I know that it was a pretty traumatic deal. So right. if I can just take somebody fishing and get that off her chest a little bit and they can enjoy a little bit of a day, I mean, that's to me, that's just my little bit. It's a great way to touch somebody's life in a very positive way. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate I appreciate you doing that. So if somebody wanted to book a trip with Brookville Lake Guide Service, how would they do that? Uh, really, they just call me. Um, I have a cell phone, and my cell phone number is 765 Two six five three two three eight, and uh, a lot of t- anymore in this in this day and age, a lot of people just text me, they email me. Um, sometimes I won't even like I just to go back. I had some people one time they they were booking a trip by text messaging me, and and their words were just all jacked up. I mean, I mean, man, what's wrong? With these people, <laughs> <laughs> but when I met them down at the uh, at the boat ramp, they were from uh, the Czech Republic. Oh, my God. So I'm thinking, well, they did pretty good, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> But that's why I have most people. But, I mean, I have a website called BrookvilleLakeGuideService.com, and I used to write an article, and I want to try to get back at this, um, but it was called The Gadabout. Yes, a, love The Gadabout, yeah. And I started writing an article, a monthly paper. I did that from 1997 up until last. Poor old Ray, I mean, Dickerson, he's had some health issues. His van that he delivered papers with broke down, and it was too expensive to get it fixed. Uh, he did a little bit online, you know, he had to had the paper online, but it wasn't really the same. Right. You know, I mean, I think when the gadabout was in the paperback form, it was in, it was in my store. It was in every place that advertised with him you know whether it was a, a sporting goods store or a restaurant right. or, or the dnr or any place like that you know these things were and i think that publication ended up in break rooms and different places and people just really like to sit and read it, it was right. something that was and when i used to write the articles in it i would try to write i think the name of my article and i don't have got this name it was, it was like so you want to catch more fish right yes and uh, I, I remember, remember that column yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I would try to write, you know, what was coming up, you right. know what I mean, just to try to help give, because like for me, I mean, I'm fishing every day, and so I'm, I have my finger on the pulse of what's happening, because right. I'm out there every day, not that I'm really any more brilliant, it's just because I'm there every day. Right, right. And so if you're a guy that's going to go fishing on your own, and you're going to fish once a week or once a month, you really don't know. I mean, you've got the equipment, you've got the basic know-how, but you know, well, where they are, where's the, where's the fish? Right. I mean, what in the... Are they spawning? Is the spawning cycle over? What's the water temperature? You know, how deep are they? Are they biting on minnows? Are they biting more on crawdads, surface baits, or trolling? You know, there's just a lot of questions. So that was kind of how the article went, was just uh, just to help people that were going to fish right. for that month. Right. There's a real science to fishing, isn't there? Yes. There really is. Yes. So let's say uh, somebody's listening, never been fishing in their life, know nothing about it, and they call you and say, I'd like to book a trip. I would like to try this. What do they need to bring? Well, I always tell everybody that you got to have a fishing license. Yes. You know, if you're if you're if you're over seventeen or above, you have to have a fishing license. And I always tell people just to bring uh, something to eat, 
something to drink, uh, have your fishing license, and just really dress for the weather. And then just bring a small cooler, and I always tell everybody, you know, that way you can put a couple of bottles of water, right. a couple soft drinks, or whatever, and maybe a lunch meat sandwich and a bag of chips. And then, and then when you schedule a trip, you just, we pick out, we, we determine a day, whether it's a Saturday or Sunday or Monday, and I have a schedule book, and I'll write your name and number down in the schedule book. And uh, then we'll either meet at Bonwell Hill Boat Ramp, Fairfield Boat Ramp, or Gar Hill Boat Ramp, just depending on where the bite is. Cause right. You really don't want to have a big boat ride first thing in the morning when it's a little bit cooler. Right. So if the, if the, if the fish are biting at the north end of the lake, we'll put in, say, a Fairfield boat. Uh, and then the day that we go, and a lot of times, I mean, the weather is decent enough to go fish. And I would tell everybody, if it's thunder and lightning, winds blowing sideways, we're not going. Right. Because I'm on that boat with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening on that boat right. is not going to happen to you, it's happening to me. Right. But, and then sometimes um, we'll go out there, we may, we may only fish two or three hours and a storm blew up and then we'll have to get off the water or whatever, right. but we can always reschedule. So I tell everybody, it's just you and me in a boat right. so we can make decisions based on what's happening. There. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will put your website and your phone number. Uh, folks can check you out on the web or they can text you for more information. Uh, Tag, thank you so much. This has been a great discussion. I appreciate it so much. I feel like we kind of have known each other for years, you know, we sat down and just started, I guess, two old fishermen, right? right. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. Exactly. I've, I've exactly. got uh, six or seven years on you, I think, and I've been fishing since I was probably four years old, so. Um, and I think it's one of them things, it's, it's you either like it, because, I mean, I take all kinds of people fishing. Right. I mean, you can, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're dirt poor, if you're filthy rich, you live in a city, you live in the country, you're a man or woman, if you're 10 years old or 80 years old. I mean, right. If you like to fish, you like to fish. Right. So. Right. That's right. So. And you can do it. That's right. Anybody can do it. Anybody, Anybody can do it. Can do it. Yeah. So, well, once again, thank you so much you're for welcome. taking some time out of your day, and I hope to see you out on the lake. All right. All right. Thank you. For Experience Franklin County, I'm Rick Garrett. We'll see you soon. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast. If you want to plan a fishing trip on Brookville Lake, well, check out the Brookville Lake Guide Service. Thanks, Tag, for spending some time with us today and letting us know about what you do. If you want to plan your visit to Franklin County, check out our website. That's franklincountyin.com, and you'll find trips, events, festivals, lodging, restaurants, updated menus, and much more on our website. Until next week, we hope to see you experiencing Franklin County.